Can we get some baby noises? This is the Girls Gone Wild podcast. This Hello. is episode 314. Special guest, Evie in the background. Evie in the background. <laughs> By the way, yeah. in case you're confused, we changed her name. Oh, yeah. I think some people missed the announcement on stories. Right. We did miss the announcement. They're like, who is this like, random person they're talking about? Wait, did you change her name? Yes, we did. We changed her name to Evie. Uh the story behind that is that she just didn't feel like a Juna. And every time I called her Juna, I was like, this is so weird. It's just like, so not your name. Yeah. It's like if somebody walked up to join and was like, hey, Amy, she'd be like, that's not my name. So her name's Evie now. And in Colorado, it's really easy to change baby names. All you have to do is resubmit the birth certificate. Oh, hi. Yeah. In the first year. So hi, how's it going? It's good. This is it's our pie. A- it's our pie episode. Three, four, three point one four. Oh my gosh! That's I didn't funny. even pay attention to that. Well, that's not on my radar at all. The only reason I really know that is because Brandon's birthday is March fourteenth, which is Pie Day. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, I do remember that piece. Can you say you're listening <coughs> to Girls Gone Wild? <coughs> Close enough. <laughs> that sounded exactly like it. Yeah, she was trying. She was really trying. Hi, how's it going? It's good. How are things going in your world? I saw you had to schedule a shower the other day. You're like, when your oh, to-do list today. has to be. Yeah. I haven't done it yet, by the way. Yeah. Might not happen. Yeah, like, all right. Do, do you do a lot of to-do lists? I sometimes do to-do lists. Lately, I've been doing more because I have a harder time. Typically, I'm really good at remembering stuff. Yeah. I tend to have, I, I have a really good memory, but not when I'm going on like three months of sleep deprivation. So, you know. Something about to-do lists of like the satisfaction of checking off a to-do is like, is so great. Yeah. There's like a personality trait that goes along with like writing things in your to-do list just so you can check them off. And I think I've said this before, like sometimes I'll make to-do lists with like every tiny little thing on it. So instead of like clean the kitchen, I'll be like, clean the pots and pans, empty the dishwasher, wipe down the counters, sweep. Because then that makes me feel like better rather than just being like, well, I haven't cleaned the whole kitchen yet. And so then I get like lose motivation halfway through. But no, I have not showered yet today. So I I recently watched the Beyonce documentary or I shouldn't say, I guess it's a documentary she did on the Coachella oh, yeah. performance. Have you watched it yet? No, I don't watch a lot of TV really right now. Haven't seen the Brene Brown thing yet. Okay. But no, I haven't. I, I lost... I watched Downton Abbey. Like, yeah, you were like super into Downton Abbey. But I finished it like a month ago, and okay. since then, oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Since then, my it really was only like the first month postpartum that I was spending a ton of time just doing nothing. That because then Brandon had to go back to work. Yeah. So I stopped being able to just sit in bed with the baby all day. Well, I watched the documentary, and it was amazing. Not a surprise. 
I've heard that like her performance was like just unbelievable. Like that she yeah. like, prepared for like a year for it. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, she prepared a few months in advance for it, and I mean the rehearsals were crazy. Didn't and, like, drink, didn't like eat fish. Yeah. That I think uh, someone wrote in and was like, "What do you think about that?" And like, "What's your take on extreme dieting like that?" And I was just like, "It's Beyonce. It's Beyonce." Like, and then I and then I got to thinking like, I know we promote healthy body image and like accept yourself as you are, right. da da da. And there's a part of me that's like, I don't even know what I would think if I was in Beyonce's shoes. Absolutely not. Well, and also I feel like we also tend to say like, hey, if you have like a thing, you're dieting, not even dieting, train. I would consider that for her to be, have. I would consider her to have been training for that. Exactly. Like if you're training. That was a full on training. I mean, it shows yeah. her like, right. I and can't remember the, the amount of time after she had her twins to when she did that right. performance. It was like a really short amount of time. Right. And all I think was like, oh my God, you need birth fit so bad. Like, <laughs> like your core, you, you sweet soul. But she worked so hard to get back to like dancing is a whole nother level of cardio oh and the breathing. Type, and and like in those heels and while singing, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, look, it's an extreme diet. It's a prescriptive diet for a specific goal. Right. If I was performing in front of millions and millions and probably billions that are going to see this documentary, I don't know what I would do. No, I don't I was, know what I would do. I can't say how I would feel in that moment. I would hope that I would be like, yes, I accept myself. And at the same time, it'd be like, that is a shit ton of pressure to fit into some costumes that like people are going to be staring at you. Like a spangly leotard in front of a billion people. Yeah. And but then, but then like on the flip side, it's like, oh, but you should just accept how we are. But I'm like, and I know if I have to run around a stage for three hours yeah. singing at the top of my lungs, I have to be in the most tip top shape of my life. And it's Beyonce. Like nothing Beyonce does or has done or will do will ever apply to my life. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, so we could sit here and be like, oh, it's like an extreme diet. And it was like she was like, yeah, straight up vegan, no dairy, no nothing, no whatever the, the heck. It was just like crazy, crazy extreme. So then I got to thinking like, if you're in a culture, like pretend that you live in Hollywood and you're around that culture, yeah. how on earth do you combat that? pressure to look a certain way like it's a whole like we can talk about this all the time but then it got me to thinking like what you and I see on Instagram and all the things that we see with like the fitness influencers and the people who have a really 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 large audience is that the same thing of like the pressure to be like look a certain way I don't know and also like it's I don't know I think about that sometimes like you know we have had Brianna Battles on the show and she has been very open about the fact that she's having basically a tummy tuck. And part of me is like, again, like, you know, you want to say like, can't you just accept your body? And on the other hand, you're like, you know what? You live in LA. You've always lived in LA. Like, is that just like, you can't escape it at that point? Is that, you know, is that related? I don't know the answer, you know? And, And I think that's the thing too, is it's also like, at some point I just have to say like, you know what? You do you. And I can't make that choice for you. And here's maybe it's maybe not a choice I would make. And not just about, you know, tummy tucks, but also about dieting and anything. And it's just like, hey, listen, there is such a thing as dieting from a from a place of health. There is yeah. such a thing as getting fake boobs from a place of health or tummy tucks from a place of health or whatever that, you know, it's truly like, listen, this is not about this is about me and what I want. Yeah. And it just yeah, it just made me think about that because I was like, oh, that's a completely different yeah mindset to be in. And I 
am really quick to judge for, especially people who are in the like in fitness influencers. Um, it's like really easy for me to judge people and be like, oh, I can't believe they're promoting this. I can't believe they're promoting right. this lifestyle. But I'm like, if you have like over a million followers, who's to say like, that's just a pressure that you have and that you want to look a certain way. And I mean, it's like, uh, but at the same time, it's not Beyonce running around a stage for three hours. Like no. that's a, it right. was a whole, a that's a it's whole Beyonce. nother camp. It's Beyonce. She can do whatever the heck she wants. But it, it kind of made me think about that. And then I was also thinking like, man, I am really lucky that I live in a world. I live in a culture in Denver, Colorado, where that's not super, super in my face. Like people right. are like, pretty chill here. Yeah. But like when I go home to Arizona mm-hmm. in Scottsdale, Tempe, Mesa, it's kind of like everyone's prim and proper. Everyone's done up. Everyone is super tan and super blonde and super whatever the heck. And it's just, I notice myself wanting to fall back into that mindset of, of like, oh my gosh, I'm questioning the way I look. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. I think though, and we, I, I got an email or we got an email about this recently. And I think we do touch on it occasionally. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to look a certain way as yeah. long as that certain way is something that's, you know, attainable for you. And I think that the problem becomes wanting to specifically look like someone else. But I think there's nothing inherently wrong with saying like, listen, and we've talked about this too, like, I think you deserve to look in the mirror and see what you want to see. And I think there's a range of, you know, healthy ways to do that. And I, you know, I think right now and sort of like the body positivity and intuitive eating and all these things within that world, it can, you can feel like you're not allowed to want to lose weight or want to change the way you look. Right. And it's like, you don't have to, you're allowed to do kind of whatever you want with your body as long as you're doing it in a way that is not destructive. Right. And there like is the, a the line mindset there. and the talk and the talk to yourself while you're doing that is not like I am flawed and I need yeah, oh my to God, I hate myself. Like, I'm disgusting. If, yeah. Like, like this, that, that really negative self-talk versus I think it's totally fine. And I agree with you. I think we've kind of almost swung too far to say like, don't change your body at all. You have to accept yourself exactly how you are, but let's face it. Like I, love to work out because I like how it makes me feel. And I like to be able to like climb stairs without breathing hard and like mm-hmm. feel like I can accomplish things physically because it just feels good. And it makes, makes me have confidence, but at no point am I like doing it because I'm like, I have to hundred percent change myself and I don't like the way I look. It's certainly a nice, I guess, byproduct of working out, but I'm not doing it in a place of wanting to change how I look, but more how I feel. But I because think, it feels better to be in shape. Like for me personally, it just feels better. It feels better mentally. It right. feels better physically. I like that I am like I can go to the doctor and they're like, "Wow, you're everything looks good. You're super healthy. You have a runner's heartbeat." And right. like whatever, but I, but they're I always think, impressed by my blood pressure. <laughs> like that feels good to me. But I also think that like you are someone who has pretty much always looked very athletic. You have always like been someone who is not considered overweight. Like, you know, and so who's to say if that would change, who's to say that that wouldn't be different if you were someone who, you know, I think about this a lot in terms of like thin privilege, which, you know, I think people cringe and you say the word privilege, but it's true. Like there is such a thing as thin privilege. There is such a thing as like being able to walk into a store anywhere in the world and pretty much be sure you're going to find something there that fits you. There is something to be said for, you know, going to the doctor and not worrying that they're going to give you a lecture about your weight. And that's something that I think you and I have never experienced being quote unquote overweight. And I think, you know, nowadays, like 
more and more, at least people are starting to realize and recognize truly that body weight does not inherently have anything to do with health. That some, you know, some things, yes, are made more like more or less likely or better or worse by your body weight. But like just that one factor doesn't mean anything inherently. And you can have people who are thinner, who are significantly less healthy than people who are bigger and vice versa. And I think that it's kind of easy for us to say like, oh, I just work out to feel good and I don't care what my body looks like because our bodies have kind of always looked societally acceptable. You know, even for me right now, like I am probably about 20 to 25 pounds heavier than what I would consider my sort of baseline weight that I tend to have when I'm not in and around a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I already am like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Like I don't want Mm -hmm. this weight on my body, but am I allowed to think that? Am I allowed to think I don't want this weight on my body? And like, is that, you know, it's not, how how do I say this? I'm trying to like challenge myself to say like, am, is it because on the one hand, like, yes, I just don't feel at home in my body when it feels like this and that's valid but I don't want to say like bodies that look like mine are not valid and therefore you know I need to lose weight it kind of feels like we're damned if we do if we're down and we're damned if we don't totally it kind of feels like a catch-22 with all of this because you know I don't think there's anything wrong with striving for a healthy lifestyle I think there's that controversy of like, yes, you need to accept yourself as you are, but I think it all comes down to the self-talk. You're not saying you're like, when you say I'm uncomfortable, you're not saying I suck. It's kind of like the Brene Brown of you're not a bad person. You did something. Yes. Like if you, I'm totally like missing the quote, but it's like, you're not bad. If you did something bad, you are not bad. You did something bad. Right. So it's like this kind of like that same mentality. Like you are not a bad person. You may have done something bad, but it's kind of like that same thing of you're uncomfortable because you're feeling what? Right. Well, right? And I like, also think, to be clear, we're not saying that like being overweight equ- equals doing something. No, no, bad. no, no, no. Right. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, not at all. I'm just saying like you're, we're kind of, I think we're kind of confusing like the idea, the right. idea of wanting to lose weight is not saying, it's not a is, does not, of, does not equate myself. to I hate myself. Yeah. Yes. And I think, and I think you can also, the kind of like health at any size or health for any size or whatever that tagline is I'm totally butchering it and someone's gonna be like oh my god I can't believe you don't know this I think the thing behind that is like there is not a prerequisite to loving your body your body does not need to look a certain way in order for it to be worthy of health and love and you can be healthy at any size and you should be able to love yourself at any size Mm -hmm. and within that I think there comes a point where it's like listen if you are super 100% comfortable with yourself at whatever weight you're at, then that is amazing. And, you know, it doesn't matter what your body looks like as long as you're comfortable with it. If you're not comfortable with your body, then first of all, I think you need to look at yourself and say, okay, well, why am I not comfortable with this? And then, you know, who are we to say that if that motivation does come from a place of like, I really just want to get to that point where I am comfortable and, you know, comes from a place of self-love, then by all means, try to lose weight, try to gain muscle, try to look a certain way. And I think that that, is a can be a slippery slope because you know then you kind of go down the body dysmorphia road in the well, in the extreme examples but i think for the majority of people who are have struggled with that of like okay i know i'm supposed to love myself but i also kind of want to lose 10 pounds well yeah. i wonder if it comes down to like i want to lose 10 pounds cuz i want to look like so and so versus i want to lose 10 pounds because i i wonder how that's going to feel for me And I think it's an exploration. I think it's something that we shouldn't be so concrete about. Like, I have to lose this number. 
But I think it's totally fine to be like, I just want to be healthy. And I don't know what that exactly looks like, because I think it's sometimes like our bodies react in ways that we're not used to. And I think when that happens, we freak out like, God, if I see one more person like posting about I'm stuck at quote unquote, I'm using air quotes stuck at this weight. And it's like, well, maybe your body wants to be at that weight. Like, stop us trying to control that with our minds and our bodies are just like this biology and we have to just accept that. But I think if we're coming at it, it was like, I need to lose weight or I want to look like so-and-so because so-and-so lost as much weight after they had a baby. Then I think we're kind of going down the wrong track versus like, you know yourself. Like when you say you're quote unquote uncomfortable, like, what does that feel like for you? What does that mean to you? You're actually asking the question. Yeah. I'm asking you the question. Like, what does that mean to you? It means that I feel like I can't move the way I want to. I don't feel good in clothes. Like I yeah. am like, yeah, you're I, like, used to your body in a certain way. Yeah. And, it's and not, I, I get that where you're like, yeah. it doesn't move the way I want it to. Like, that's a perfect example of being like, I know how I've been able to move and I would like to feel something similar to that. Yeah, and I'm not I don't saying, think you're coming. You're not saying like, I suck. I really need to get back my body back. You're yeah. like, I just know that this is not my optimal self of like how I've been able to move. Yeah. And how, and also how I look like I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and think like, yeah, that's me. And like, that's the me that I choose. Not like that's the me that whose body has been taken over by another human. And right. it's all a spectrum. It's all a pendulum, but I think not a pendulum, a, um, spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that especially when you go through something like pregnancy or an injury or something like that, where you kind of lose control and control is not the right word, but sort of your body does things that you can't, you don't have anything to do, you know, right. there's nothing you can do about it. So control. And I think when you go through something like that, it's a really bizarre thing to experience. And with something particularly like pregnancy, like your body changes so slowly over the course of your pregnancy and then you have a baby and it's like literally within a minute your body completely changes again and you're just like what the f and then over the next couple weeks things kind of start to you know go back to the way that you recognize them and I hesitate to say go back but they you know change in a way that brings them to a point where you recognize them again and but your body's always forever different I think it's just a matter of okay I now want to have a body that I feel is my own Mm -hmm. and part of that is you know, feeling that I yeah can move the way I want to, but also, I mean, truly, like as much as I wish I could just say I want to be able to move this way, like I want to look a certain way. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, and I know. think I think it's so important that we kind of normalize that for people. Like it's okay to say that. Like it is okay to say I want to look a certain way too. Saying you want to look a certain way doesn't mean you hate your body. But I also want to make sure people understand that like I'm never gonna look like. Uh, let's see, Heidi Klum. I'm not, I don't have her body. Like I don't have her body type. So I think that is where we fall into traps of seeing these images on social media that have kind of like a pretty unrealistic look, but then we feel like we have to aspire to that. So as cheesy as it sounds, I feel like we just kind of have to keep evolving to be our best selves. Like whatever that looks like for us, like I'm going to have these shoulders, you guys, and they're going to be here forever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to continue to struggle to find tops to fit into with these shoulders. And that is okay. Like I, like those types of things where it's like, Hey, maybe you don't like your ankles so much. Like it's just okay. Like we're never going to have like certain body parts that are going to look like, you know, however we want them to look. So it's, um, I just think it's really interesting, but I I think think it's important that you talk about that too. Like as you like have these goals for yourself physically, that is okay. Like whatever you choose to do, that is okay. Yeah. And I also think 
that what I, a big change that I have made in my own mind in the last couple of years is like truly being able to say, hey, I might want this for myself, but I 100% honestly and truly do not believe that anyone else needs to have a certain body type in order to be healthy. And it used to be, I mean, honestly, I used to think like, oh, there is one healthy body type. And if you do not, if you're not lean and muscular, then you're not healthy. If you're overweight, if you're too skinny, if you don't have muscles, if you're not, when I first started CrossFit, I was like, oh, you know, the CrossFit female body type is the healthy body type. Everyone should want that. And if you don't have that, then, you know, you're just doomed. And why wouldn't everyone want that? Yeah. And, you know, when I started CrossFit, I was like, what, 24? How old am I now? 23, maybe even. It, you know, it was very easy for me to just be super judgy. And you like know, when you say judgy, how? What were you judging? Like if I would see someone out on the streets, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that person's so unhealthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I always did that. Yeah. I used to do that with a vengeance. And I look back and I'm like, man. I sucked. I sucked. Yeah. And like, I really sucked. Well, and then of course, you know, if I had friends who had those body types, I think like, oh, but not them. Like I know they're healthy and I, you know, yeah. they're fine. But this other person, like, oh my gosh, how do they get that way? Like they're so skinny. Like don't they? Or oh, like they're so. God. I look back even on like my vegan days and yeah. I was like, everyone's killing the planet. Like I was yeah. so into it, you know, like yeah. it's really interesting how you look like, and it just takes experience. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know better. So now I know better, but I just thought for sure this had to be the answer to like everyone's health issues. And it's kind of like the same mentality when you watch a documentary and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, right. food ink or, or like the minimalism you know, or one where what everyone's the like, I'm or Marie, yeah. Marie Kondo. I mean, I'm recondoing my whole house right now. We're so desperate to kind yeah. of have that answer that's going to solve the world and solve yeah. our, solve all of our problems. It's so funny. Yeah. And so, for okay. Me, so for like you were year, like judgy. I was you were totally judgy. judgy. When you're, yeah. And I think like what I've been able, you know, obviously to see is that there is no one body type that is healthy. You can be healthy or unhealthy at any body type, truly. And I, you know, especially learned that like talking to all the CrossFit athletes we have talked to who were like, hey, I looked like I was a well-oiled machine, but I hadn't had my period in six months and I wasn't sleeping and I was losing hair and I couldn't eat as much as I wanted to and I was breaking out and all these things. And you're like, wow, yeah, that's not a healthy body. Oh, And then you also so, talk to people yeah. who like I would have used to look at and think like, oh my gosh, you're so overweight. Like, you know, or, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. And I mean, it, you know, it's not easy for me to admit I used to do that, but I think now luckily I have stopped being so immature about it and can you know, see like there's not, there's not one answer. And the biggest thing that I personally have to work on with my own body image is like, okay, how can I love and honor where I am now and not have that negative self-talk of like, oh my gosh, I hate my stomach. Oh my gosh, I hate my thighs. Oh my gosh, my nail beds suck. But truly- I have really bad breath in the morning. Oh my gosh, I, I do have really bad breath in the morning. But- Did you have your toothpaste tablets? I know, thank God. You could just pop one in. But, you know, I have- this body that is amazing and wonderful. And I also always want to separate it. People are like, you're, look at your body, what your body did. It created this human. I'm like, did that, does that, that drive you crazy? It drives me crazy because I'm like, you yeah. know what? All sorts of bodies do amazing things all the time. Yeah. yeah. And yes, I appreciate. And you know what they're trying to do is they're trying to make you feel better. They are, which I get. I agree. I get it. Yeah. And I think that that does help a lot of people of right. like, you can look it's at It's a this. reminder. Yeah. Yes. But and you're yes, also like, like my body I feel did like this. my body was taken over by an alien right. and I want to feel like a human again. Yeah, exactly. Like I, yes, I created a human with my body. That is 
objectively ridiculous and magic. Right. And like shouldn't be able to happen. And then it's still my body and can I ask you a weird question? Yes. Does this does it feel cuz I'm trying to like wrap my head around like how that would feel to someone who just had a baby and someone making that comment. Is it kind of like when someone when something bad happens and you're like, "Oh, but it's meant to be." Or like everything has a has a meaning. Kind Is it of. kind of like that same icky feeling where you're like, "Mm, but I'm really struggling with this." Like it kind of is a way of like yeah, trying to minimize it a on little it. bit. Well, yeah. I think so. But I also think it truly does help some people. Yeah. I think a lot of people actually, it really helps to think good like- Good reminder. It's okay. a good reminder. And it's like- I'd a, like for people to weigh in on this because I, yeah. I, I I do think it is an amazing physical feat. It's that amazing. It is a miracle. Yeah. And I think on the flip side, then I don't want women to start feeling bad for being like, yeah, but I want to feel like my body is my body again. <laughs> and not only that, but I think more so it's like, yes, my body did this amazing thing and- that doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to still have a variety of opinions about the state of my body. Like it doesn't whitewash my experience in this like glowy, beautiful light. And I think, anyway, this is like gone on way too long. But I think the point is that. We're just really unpacking this, but really I think are. we need to. <laughs> I know. And I, it all started with Beyonce, which is fine. Everything starts I, with Beyonce. Okay. Yeah. I just think it's. It's a hard, it's a hard balance. And it's like, how, how do you do that in a healthy way? And I think people really struggle with that. I think that's one of the biggest things we get emails about with people who are like, how do you relax around this? Like, how do you really do this in a healthy way? And I think the answer for me is just, you know, be really honest with myself all the time about why am I doing this? And we, you know, when we used to have the eating disorder experts on the show, that's what they would say is like, just ask yourself constantly, why, 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 why? I think like th- when they said that, a lot of what came across was, if you the undertone of that was like if you ask yourself why enough you will realize that you're doing it for the wrong reasons but i think on the flip side there are also totally valid reasons yeah and so i i kind of view that. it as like the same thing with any issue we kind of get into a tangle with is like if you are i use this analogy all the time in in therapy is like if you're in a boxing ring if you see a boxing ring and you step into the boxing ring and you're alone there's no fight but the second you bring an issue, a person, a whatever you want to call it into the ring with you, it's game on and you're fighting. So if you can look at it that way, it's like as long as you're not in the boxing ring with your quote unquote eating issues or body image issues, like there's no fight to be had. And it's okay to have a relationship with your body that feels like a friend that feels like, Hey, what are we doing today? Like don't turn it into this boxing match where you're constantly fighting against it and constantly mad at it. And it's okay to develop a healthy relationship with that thought to be like, okay, but I want to feel a different way or I want to look a different way, but I, it doesn't have to be this like knockout, drag out fight, totally. like this battle. I think that's a good way to put it. Do we want to have, do we want to unpack one more thing? Sure. I'm thinking about this. Okay. Yeah. So we got an email today from someone and we've received a lot of messages and comments about this where we talk a lot about nutrition, quote unquote, nutrition coaches. And about how we, you know, think that it can be really dangerous to work with a nutrition coach because you never know kind of what you're getting. And really you should, you know, if you want diet advice, you should get it from a registered dietitian. And someone wrote us and they were like, you know, I hear you kind of bash nutrition coaches, but I really want a nutrition certificate. I feel like it's going to help add to my knowledge. I feel like it's going to help me, you know, with my athletes, but I don't have the time and money and resources to become a dietitian. Like that's a whole, you know, multi, multi multi-year, it's a full degree that you have to go back and get. And, you know, that could take four plus years for someone to go do that. 
full time. And that got me thinking because I think that on the one hand, while we definitely have been very clear about saying like, you know, nutrition coaches can be really dangerous, you should really work with a registered dietitian. I think we have left out some credit around different types of nutrition education. And I think if I could like refine what we've said about dietitians, what I would like to sort of point out is that, listen, you can, there are people out there who have a lot of different types of knowledge and information. Our concern is when people represent themselves to know more than they do. And they try to say, hey, you know, I'm a macro coach. When in reality, all they've ever done is, you know, sort of play around with their own diet. They've never done any additional education. Or they say, hey, I'm a nutrition coach, even though all they really have are, you know, their own experiences. And I think that there are totally valid, reasonable, knowledgeable people out there who really are, you know, they want to help you. They are, the information you'll get from them is valid and, you know, research-based information. As long as they are clear about these, this is the scope of my knowledge. And I think with a registered dietitian, their scope of knowledge is the widest and is the most detailed and research-based. And, you know, they have a lot of them at least have this more research-based focus and this clear scope of practice. And again, not every RD is amazing the same way that not every doctor, not every podcast, not every nail technician, not every everything is amazing. But I just think that like we've really done sort of like painted nutrition, quote unquote, nutrition coaches into a corner by grouping them with influencers who literally have no knowledge outside of their own experiences because there are other things like, you know, nutritional therapy practitioner or what what is it? NTP, nutritional therapy, whatever. Yeah, I think it's NTP. You know, there's like all these different, there's like NTP. There's all these other types of certifications out there that you can get that do take months or years of testing and studying. And I think, you know, what I kind of have realized is that we do really just say like, hey, dietitian or nobody. And I don't think that that's fair. I think that there are a lot of people out there. And as long as they're clear about, hey, here is the certification that I have. Here's what that means. And here's what I am, you know, qualified to help you with. That's where, for me, the division comes in. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's probably a really good idea for everybody listening to do your research and be empowered to do your research on who you're getting advice from. If you're going to sign up for someone's program, if you're going to sign up for some type of meal tracking or whatever it is, that does mindset coaching, who, what are the credentials? What is their experience? What are you signing up for? And even, you know, they may have a million follower followers, but that doesn't equal experience. So I think what we're saying too is, you know, we've just seen so much bad information be put out on the internet that we want people to be really mindful of what they're signing up for. So empower yourself to get the information and do the research on who's leading this challenge or Yeah. Well, and I think this all started with us back and back and back and back saying, hey, just so you guys know, registered, the term registered dietitian inherently means something. They are like a have to go through a degree process and an accreditation accreditation process and an internship and all these things. The term nutritionist does not inherently mean anything. Mm -hmm. You and I could just start calling ourselves nutritionists. And that's not to say that there are not nutritionists out there who are well-educated and knowledgeable and qualified. It just means that the word nutritionist doesn't necessarily mean that. Right. So yeah, there you go. 
Very important. Yes. Now let's talk about some of our favorite things. (laughs) Summary. (laughs) Wow. We really unpacked a lot there. And it all started with me just watching the Beyonce documentary, which I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. And the Brene Brown talk, which I will say in a nutshell, I've seen her talk a lot live. I've been to a lot of her live events and the talk that she has on Netflix is like a summary of all her talks. But if you want a nice intro to Brene Brown, the Netflix special is really great. But if you've been a fan of hers forever and ever and ever, a lot of the stories may be the same for you, but it's still great because it's Brene. And I watched Dead to Me, which was this Christina Applegate. It was like a series, a Netflix series with Christina Applegate as the star. And I was so excited because I love Christina Applegate. And five episodes in, I was like, okay, this is taking a turn. I'm not really sure I want to invest more time in this. I had to watch the rest of the episodes because I was like five episodes in. And I'm like, well, now I have to finish it. And it just kind of tanked a little bit. But but I love her so much. She's such a good actress. And she looks amazing for her age. And I, I mean, it's a pretty good show. But I was kind of like, don't you hate that when you're like that never so invested? You're halfway there. Really? No, Do you just, just give up? up? Yep. I have no investment. See, I... I was, but I binge watched it, which I rarely do. Yeah. But I think this was Saturday and I just started it. And then I was like, okay, okay. now I'm five in. Now I really need to see how this ends and hope that it gets better. And it it didn't really, but then I was like, mm, okay, well, I'm going to have hope that the next season's better. Maybe they'll do another season that's a little bit better. Anyway. Okay. Talk about some of your favorite things, your faves, your faves. <laughs> yeah, guys, our plan for this episode originally was just to talk about our favorite things. Let's start with books. Are you reading any good books? Oh yeah, I've read I've read a few good books recently. Okay. Have you? Uh, yeah, I've been listening to some books. Okay, guys. So preface, preface please yeah. do not comment a million times in this episode. What is that book you mentioned? We will link all of these things for once. Yes. We really will in our show notes, which you may find wherever you consume are consuming this podcast, and you may find it on our website, girlsgonewildpodcast.com. Yes. So. There you have it. Okay. I'm going to plug The Valedictorian of Being Dead by Heather Armstrong. Heather Armstrong, I just have to go on. I'm going to give myself, I'm going to watch the clock and I'm going to give myself 60 seconds because I do not want to go off on like 10 minute rant slash love for her because I love her so much. But if you do not know Deuce, the website, you have been living under a rock. She's the original mommy blogger. She's the original blogger as far as I'm concerned. And she's an amazing, amazing person. Her story is fantastic. If you do not know Heather Armstrong, go to deuce.com, read her blog. Her book, The Valedictorian of Being Dead, is all about her journey with depression. She had severe postpartum depression after her first child and has since struggled with severe depression pretty much her entire life. But she talks all about her journey with doing ECT, which is a type of therapy where they do kind of like electric stimulation. And it's a fascinating story. So her book, and she's just an amazing writer. So like the way she writes is just so cool. Um, highly recommend that book. And then I also read No Happy Endings by Nora McNerney. And you guys know I post all the time about the podcast, Terrible Things for Asking. So she wrote a book about her story with losing her fiance, her dad, and she had a miscarriage within the span of like two months. So she talks about that. Um, She also has an amazing TED Talk if you kind of want to just get a flavor of how, like, her personality. She's also an amazing, amazing being. So those are the two books I recently read where I was just like, oh, my heart is just, like, spilling over. So They're so good. What about you? I have been reading 
a lot of short stories lately because that's sort of my life. Like that's what I can handle. Um, I've been reading the book. It's a book called Out There. It's a collection of essays from Outside Magazine. Um, and then I've also been reading a book from The Moth, which is, do you, are you familiar with The Moth? Oh, it's yeah. It's one of their collections. And I forget which one it is. It's like something about something magic something or something magic. Okay. It's just really interesting. It's like very short little stories of you know, they're supposed to, they're taken from like five minute spoken word stories and presentations. And they're all about like times when something went in a really unexpected way. Or so like one of them is that I love is about this Obama aide who was like the super, he was super young. We started working for Obama and then he somehow ended up as like a White House staffer. And he ended up one time like shooting a promo video with Obama and like, had to sing the Golden Girls theme song in the middle of this thing. And he was like, you know, anyway, so he like, it was just this really cute little story where you feel yeah. like, you know, so I loved it. Okay. How about, we we just talked about TV. I'm not really watching TV right now, so I don't really have any like thing to offer. Although Scott really still thinks you would, you should watch Game of Thrones, which I'm like, don't, don't even try. You know what? You're Scott, not going to win this one, Scott Parrish. Scott, the next time I have like 50 hours to dedicate to For sure. watching people get brutally murdered. Right. I'll work on that. What are your favorite hair and face care products right now? I'm super into the Kristen Ness. I think I put this in a newsletter, which by the way, you guys need to sign up for our newsletter, girlsgonewad.com forward slash news newsletter. Girlsgonewadpodcast.com. Thank you. I've only been doing this for six years. It's fine. Yep. I think I put this in a recent newsletter, but it's awesome. And because my hair is longer but I don't like to blow dry. I just like to air dry. This stuff is, so you wash your hair and you get out and you let it air dry a little bit and then you put it in and it makes your hair just kind of like lay nicely and it's not frizzy. And I got it at Target. It's great. So that's my super exciting hair product thing. You know what? Have you ever been like super jazzed about shampoos? Cause I feel like shampoos, like they work maybe kind of well for a week and then you're, I'm kind of over it. Like I've never had a shampoo that I'm like, this is blowing my mind. And I'd like for people to write in if they have like yes, strong opinions a about shampoo. a shampoo that they love long-term because I've yet to find one that I'm like super jazzed about. There are definitely shampoos that I hate. Yeah, like cheap ones, I guess, that, lead, that like, don't do a great hair. job. Right, or I, they like strip it so much that you, it's like just flies away. Yeah. I really like- it leaves R- like no moisture in your hair. <laughs> I really like R&Co. Yeah, it's a good brand. Yeah, everything I like I've, their packaging. Yes, me for too. For people listening, it's the letter R- the plus sign co right r and co and yeah. it's like a salon brand like you probably your stylist has tried to get you to buy like a 40 dollar bottle of shampoo from them before that's this is i buy that shampoo i feel bad i don't even feel bad i just like they're like i think you should use a shampoo i'm like yes please give it to me and they ring me up and they're like that's gonna be 900 dollars. and i'm like Ugh. now i'm too embarrassed to be like oh my god i didn't realize i was buying 90 dollars totally <laughs> i hate that like i need to start asking questions i do that all the time i'm like sure i'll take it and then i'm like oh i shouldn't have taken it and then it's too late but you didn't ask the price so it's kind of your fault i do that all the time because i'm like sure i'll take it this is amazing but at the same time at your hairdresser they're the ones making your hair look fantastic not the product Sometimes True. a little bit of the product. But it does make me smell expensive, which it I appreciate. It smells amazing. And I always, my goal is to smell like Bob, Bob Harper. So, so there, you got that going for you. And Oprah. Um, I like, so right now I have the R and Co, R and Co, um, television shampoo and conditioner. And I like them both. Okay. Um, 
I tried Deva Curl. A lot of people are like, really, have you tried Deva Curl? Because it's like for wavy hair. And it's a whole system. And I did try it. And I tried it. I'm like, out. I know. Systems, I'm out. Well, you. so the, the thing is like you're not. Like the eyelash thing. People, sorry to interrupt you. But there's like a two-step. I'll get to this in a second. Yes. There's like a two-step mascara thing where I'm like, oh. why? Don't even. Don't even come at me with your two-step mascara system. Yeah. Ridiculous. Right. I just need one. It already takes me forever. And don't right. even tell me about fake eyelashes. We'll get to that in a second too. Okay, yes. go. Okay. Uh, so Deva Curl is like this whole system where they have like a shampoo that's not really a shampoo and then like a leave-in conditioner. And then like sometimes you wash it out, but other times you don't. And you're supposed to use it the idea is that you never really treat your scalp because with like curly and wavy hair, the biggest thing that Whole people... purpose is moisture in your scalp yes. to help your hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so like it takes a couple of weeks for your scalp, but like since we always like scrub the crap out of our scalps, they are used to overproducing oil to make up for all the oil that you are always scrubbing out of it. And so it takes like two weeks for your scalp to calm the F down. Got so it. long story short, everyone's going to be like, yeah, but did you try it for a long time? Yes, I did. I tried yep, it for a <laughs> I tried it for a month. I didn't like it. It was too many things. And it's not that I don't think it worked. It's just that for me, it didn't work better enough than my normal shampoo and conditioner yeah, routine. Yeah, it wasn't for me as to much like of a difference. It wasn't sure. like this amazing revelation Change. of hair care sure. for me. Anyway, uh, for yeah. face stuff, I really am still loving Fatco oil cleanser. But somebody wrote in to tell me that if I would were to get – they didn't know that they were telling me this. But they were like, you can't use oil on your face if you have eyelash – extensions because it takes them off like oh oh, am i gonna have to give up my fat co or can can i just go around my eyes well can we pause we got real mixed reviews for eyelash we really did i and i'm not convinced and i think i'm just gonna really just keep doing my mascara i'm not convinced on eyelash extensions you guys really didn't help me some people were like you will never go back they're the best and some people were like never do it it totally ruined my lashes and like i got an eye infection had to go to the emerging care so (laughs) really there's, yeah, seem to be two camps. One of which is like, oh my God, you'll never go back. And the other of which is like, I can't believe that you would even consider this. Yeah. So TBD on what I'm going to do there. TBD. <laughs> thanks, okay, for, so, thanks for not being helpful at all. Well, also weighing into this very important decision yes. is the oil cleanser that you're using that you'd have to stop if you did eyelash extensions. But I think I would only have to stop putting them on my eyelashes, right? Because if I put it on like my forehead, it's not going to get in there because you don't just, you don't drain it off your face. You wipe it off. And since I don't wear eyeliner, I feel like the only time those two things would conflict is if I had eyeliner on and wanted to use the oil to get the eyeliner off. Yeah. But if I have eyeliner, first of all, I don't wear eyeliner anyway. But second of all, even if I was an eyeliner wearer, then my Eyelash extensions would probably keep me from having to wear the eyeliner. I've really I just thought wish a lot everyone could have seen your your hand gesture of eyelash extensions. <laughs> Claire like Whoop. Claire like did like a almost like a I don't even know how to like a swoop like a potion. Like, no, okay, guys, think about rolling it. with the rolling homies. with the homies. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. Rolling with the homies. From that's exactly what she was doing for her eyelash extensions. <laughs> I'm so glad you went there because that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. So remember this tie when Clueless with Travis doing rolling with the homies. Can you do this? Rolling with the homies. And she's like, rolling with the homies. Yes. That's what I was doing for my eyelash extensions. <laughs> oh, rest oh, in peace, no. Brittany. Seriously. Okay. Oh. Okay. 
that's guys, great. Okay, so I, think, I feel like that jury's out. Can we just yeah? Other products, face products. I will say I'm using a lot of moist towelettes on my face. I get them at Costco. Great. I <laughs> Make, okay. Makeup remover. Guys, great. Here's a tip. Hot tip coming at you. Mm. Cloth diaper wipes. People freaked out about this. Okay, don't use them on your on the poop first. Buy a separate <laughs> you set for clarify your, that. Why wouldn't people understand that? I'm clarifying now. Buy a separate set for your face. Or if you don't have children in diapers, then just buy them. They are we will link to them. They're terry cloth on one side and flannel on the other side and the and it's they're meant to wipe up poop on a yeah. bottom. So they're so good for your face. They're like the perfect face wipe and they're reusable and washable. And so yeah. you don't have to throw them away. Okay. Baby products. I will do a little spiel. Um, we're still sometimes cloth diapering. It's still going fine at home. Not a big deal. Yeah. The disposable diapers we're using right now are called diaper with a Y D Y P E R. They are a bamboo diaper that is supposedly compostable. Um, I'm waiting for an, I email them to be like, are these legit compostable? Like, can I put these in my like, curbside compost? Because if so, amazing. But I have a feeling they're going to be like, oh, actually, they're not like fully compostable. So you can't put them in curbside. But if you did them at your house and like set the timer and, you know, added whatever. But they are super, they're way more biodegradable than most other types of diapers because they don't have, I forget the name of the chemical, but almost every other type of diaper has a certain chemical that locks the, like the wetness into the core of the diaper. All I see right now is like one of those commercials where it's like, it locks in moisture and there's yes. like a cartoon layover of like what's happening in the diaper. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. That chemical um, <laughs> is not biodegradable and this diaper does not have that chemical in it. So it still wicks the moisture, but it doesn't lock the moisture, which means her bottom is not wet, but sometimes it does make like the outside of her pants feel damp. Mm-hmm. So whatever. We really yeah. like them. D-Y-P-E-R. They're kind of expensive, but they deliver them to your house, which is great. And that's, yeah. And then the other thing that we're loving still are the Soli, Soli Baby, S-O-L-L-Y. Um, the wrap I'm obsessed with, which I have been since Miles was born. Yeah. But they recently came out with pajamas and I love them all. And they're also so expensive, but I'd buy them anyway because they're all she wears. They're so just cute and comfy and soft. I will end with Kiehl's face wash is one of my faves. I also love Cetaphil, which is you can use like all over your body, but it doesn't strip your face of oils and it's super, super light. Um, And then I am still on the hunt for like the perfect mascara. So I want people to weigh in on there. I I feel like I've said this before, but I really, I feel like I'm on a lifelong journey for the perfect mascara. I like like CoverGirl. Julie recommended to us. I know, but it's rubs off on my brow bone. Everything rubs off on my brow bone. The only one that doesn't is CoverGirl Lash Blast. It does not rub off on my brow bone, but it's not super like thickening. So I love like sometimes I want a mascara that like makes your eyelashes like super super intense. I'm really picky about mascaras. What you need to do instead is figure out a solution for your brow bone. Because this might just be like an it's anatomy oil. problem. I don't know. It's like it, if I put – even look, everyone listening, I put eyeshadow. I put – I've tried primer. It's just the way my eyelashes curl and yeah, how they say, hit my brow bone. I think this is it like just, an anatomy thing because my eyelashes don't touch my yes. brow bone. You, I think so, you're going to need like – Eyelash extensions. <laughs> yes, Joy, <laughs> clearly. Trying. They just – you just need to buy, get them so long you know that what? they bypass no. your brow bone completely. I, yeah, I'm just – <laughs> flutter in the wind rolling with the homies <laughs> i'm just gonna have to use the same mascara i'm using because it clearly works but i just 
I want something better. Like I, I want something. <laughs> what you need to get are like the little disposable paper pads that they put under your eyes when you get a um, – have you ever had your eyelashes tinted? Yeah, and they put it underneath. Yeah, you just need and those put that on and top. you need to put them over your eyebrow, eyebrow, okay. brow bone, eyebrow, okay. brow bone uh-huh. while you're putting on mascara and then just leave them there until your eyelashes dry and then take them off. Uh, no, because throughout the day is when it happens. Oh, yeah, you can't because, wear them around all day. That would yeah, be very silly. No. That would no. take away from your luscious lashes for sure. Really would. Really would. Okay. All right, guys. I have a very important question to ask you. Okay, I'm listening. Did you see the video I sent you of Dave Castro boxing? I did. And I chose to not comment. Why are you ignoring me? I just didn't know how to react to that. So, guys, Joy sent me the video that... Dave Castro posted on his Instagram stories a couple of days ago of him boxing, like a, the punching bag. And Joy was like, I find this very attractive. I just didn't know what to say about that. I I saw, I ran across the stories and I was like, you ran across Oh man. Them. I ran across the stories and all of a sudden I see this Insta story of Dave. First of all, how did he get his phone like that? Dave's just doing one of those boxing bags. It's mm-hmm. like, like Rocky, just think of Rocky where he's like hitting that boxing bag and it's really, 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 really fast. And I was like, Dave Castro can really, wow. I'm a little ashamed of myself, but I did send it to Claire and I was like, I find this like oddly attractive. So <laughs> what the hell is going on with me? It's fine. The Night King and Dave Castro boxing is doing it for me these days. Well, sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, I know. <sighs> should probably should probably talk to someone about should that. Probably look, get that looked at. <laughs> We'll do that right now. All right, guys. Anything else we got going on? I don't think so. That was a great chit-chat. Great chit-chat. Glad you guys were here for that. (laughs) You guys, you can support the podcast by downloading the episode and leaving a review. Send us an email. We'd love to hear what you think. We love your thoughts. We love your emails. Girlsgonewad at gmail.com. And leave us a review on iTunes. Also, that helps people find the podcast. You can find us on all social. Joy and Claire. Joy and Claire. Our website is girlsgunwadpodcast.com. What did I miss? That's it. Have a great day. Great. <laughs> <laughs>